We have been doing David HaMelech for the last two weeks. And I know it's personal, but people so that we'll have it quiet. Okay. Now we're going to be continuing with David HaMelech and we're going to start with a Pasuk in Melachim when Shloime builds the Beis HaMikdash. And it says over there that the whole work that Shloime did was completed. And it says that he brought all the Kodshim, all the things that his father David had prepared. It says that Nasan Beis Hashem. He put it all in the treasury. Now, what happened with David worked very hard to prepare things for the Beis HaMikdash. Did the things that David prepared for the Beis HaMikdash get used or not? So if we look here, there's a Medrash Agada that Rashi brings. Shloimei did not want to use any of the money that David had, all the treasures that David designated. David had everything ready for the Beis HaMikdash. Shloimei did not want to use it. Why not? So he says, Vishamati Rashi brings, Vishamati Michachme Israel. I heard from our sages, the sages of Israel, they would say, Shloimei HaMelech, King Shloimei knew the Beis Hamikdash would be destroyed. The issue was David had fought wars with many nations and capture treasures of many nations. So the nations would say that their God was very powerful. They took revenge from the base HaMikdash. The base HaMikdash was built from the money that David stole from them. So because many nations felt that David had wars and took finances of theirs, Shlomo decided not to use any of that finance Versus Shlomi's finance was never taken by force from anyone. Whoever wanted to give Shlomi gifts gave it voluntarily. So that's one explanation that Ashi brings from the Medrash as to why the money that David set aside for the Beis Hamikdash was not used. Then Rashi brings a second explanation, and there are those who say, Kach Omar Shlomi, this is what Shlomi says. There was a three-year famine in the days of David, year after year. During this famine, there were many people who were hungry. He should have used this hektish to support poor Jewish people. So in other words, David had... There was a financial crisis, and David had treasures put away for the Beis Hamikdash. There were Jews who were hungry and starving, and David chose rather to save the money for the Beis Hamikdash. Okay, now we're going to go. That's just so we have two reasons why Shlomo didn't use David's money, either so that the nations shouldn't say that their God has taken revenge, or because there was a mistake. In the time of famine, it would be a bigger priority to use the money to help hungry people than to save it for the Beis HaMikdash. Now we're going to go to a Gemara on the story of 
Goliath. Everybody knows about David and Goliath. We have a Gemar in Saita Dachmen Beis where it says, Plishtim Bo Benitzchayne Shal Goliath. The Plishtim came to war with the victory of Goliath. They were relying that Goliath is a giant, a powerful warrior, and they were confident that they would win the war because of Goliath. Mahoya Saifai, what was his end? Lesaif Nafal Bacherev. Goliath fell by the sword, Vinoflu Imai, and they fell with him. Okay, so this is a Mishnah insight that the Plishtim were relying on the giant Goliath's strength, and in the end he fell and they fell. The Gemara says, Plishtim Bob in its Chainishal Goliath, and the Gemara discusses the name Goliath. What is the significance of his name Goliath? Goliath. He was very chutzpahdik Hashem. Goliath says, instead of fighting the whole Jewish army against the whole army of the Plishtim, so he says, choose any man, a lion, let him come down to me. Ish refers to Hashem. Shenemar, as it says, Hashem Ishmael Chama. So Goliath says, let God try fighting me. So Goliath says, not just am I stronger than any Jew. I'm stronger than the Jewish God. Omar HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says, this Goliath has the chutzpah to say that he's stronger than Hashem. ben Ish. I will have him fall by somebody who is called Ben Ish. As it says, with David ben Ish Ephrosi Hazer. David is the son of this man Ephrosi. Again, why is David called Ephrosi? He comes from Beis Lechem, Beis Lechem Yehuda, and another name for Beis Lechem is Ephros. Now we're looking at the way Goliath spoke, and Goliath made a number of verbal errors which helped bring his downfall. Amar Yechanan Mishum Reb Meir. In three places, Goliath, as he was trying to stir and provoke, his mouth trapped him and got into trouble. And now we're going to mention the three places. You choose a person and let him come to me. V'yeded, Rashi says, V'yeded, Eli, Mashme Olai. He will come on top of me. Shahu <coughs> Yigbar, he will overpower me. He should have said, he will fight me. But he said, Eli, which implies on top of me. The second slip that Goliath made, he said, If he will be able to fight with me, V'hikani, and I will strike him. Even though then Goliath also says, Otherwise, I will strike him. Nevertheless, he began with the possibility that the guy who the Jews will choose will strike him, which is what happened. And the other one, the Ka'amar Leila David, Goliath says to David, You're coming with sticks. David, when he fought Goliath, fought with sticks and stones. That's how you deal with a dog. So the Gemara, so he says, you're coming on top of me with the sticks, and the sticks are going to get me. So the Gemara asks, David also said, you're coming to me with Cherev and Khanis and Kilay. 
with a spear and other weapons. So he says, but then David says, yes, you have a sword and a spear, but I am coming in the name of Hashem. The God of the armies of Israel who you have insulted. So Rashi explains that this is not that David is opening his mouth to something negative happening because you're coming to control me over something, over swords and spears which have no value. And I am coming against you with the power of Hashem, which has infinite uh, strength. Just on this issue of the fight with David and Goliath and David coming with stones, um, there's a medrash that I've seen in some tikkun, in one of my tikkun shvuas, there's a collection of medrashim on David HaMelech. Now, I was unable to find, it's quoted from medrash Agodel. Sepharia didn't have it. I tried to find this medrash. I wasn't able to get hold of it. But in my Tikkun Leil Shavuos, he quotes a medrash that says as follows, that David was riding on a mule and he hears three stones who are talking. Which side is Ben Yishai walking? If he would know about us three stones, he would take us and we would finish the war with Goliath. David hears these words. He, get off, he gets off his mule. He removes his armor and he goes to the place where those stones were and he takes them. One stone tells David, Ani Evan Shel Avroham, I am the stone of Avram Avinu. If you throw me at Goliath, I will remove his helmet and his armor. The second stone says, I am the stone of Yitzchak. If you throw me, I will hit the forehead of this Plishti and remove his, and go to his, through to his brain and come right out the other side. The third stone says, I am the stone of Yaakov. And if he will throw me, I will hit his heart and I will have his dead body fall before all the Eden. At that time, David came close to the Plishti with his stick. And he says, master of the world, Give me a sign that I will know that I will win a victory over him. Just then, David sees that there's some leprosy, Tzoraz, on Goliath. At that time, David took the first stone and it removed his helmet. The second one hit his forehead and the third one hit his heart and he fell. Now, this is a medrash which I just saw recently from medrash Hagodol, the Vorim of Aleph Yud. I am wondering how this medrash fits with a famous medrash that says that David knocked Goliath down, but he actually needed to use, he didn't have a, he needed a weapon to kill him. And he wanted to use Goliath's sword, but Goliath's sword was locked. And Uriah Hachiti offered David that if he will, um, if Uriah manages to open the sword for David, would David arrange for Uriah to marry a Jewish girl? And David made a commitment to do so. And there is a baskoil. Uh, this message, which I'm reading right now, which I'm telling you right now, which I also was not able to, did not get a hold of its original. But this one can be found in Ishe HaTanach under Uriah HaChiti and elsewhere, so it, and it's quoted from Kliyokar. Um, he says, if I will open the sword, Uriah says, will you arrange for me a Jewish woman? 
and he says, I will give, and Hashem says, you're giving out Jewish girls, especially Uriah Zachiti, questionable if he should marry a Jewish girl. So he says, it'll be your wife who's destined to be the mother of Malchus based David, Bathsheba, that will be given to him, which according to this Medrash, David originally was supposed to marry Bathsheba, and it's just because he promised Uriah a Jewish girl in return for opening that sword that Bathsheba first went to Uriah. Okay, but anyway, uh, back to the text that we have over here in the, on the computer. We're still continuing the Gemara in Masech the Saita. Now, it says here, still in the Psukim of the War of Goliath, which is all found in Shmuel Aleph, Perek Yud Zayin, Vayigash HaPlishti Hashtem Vaharez. The Plishti Goliath came close to the Jews to provoke every morning and every evening. Why specifically did he come every morning and every evening? So Rabbi Yechanan says his goal is to distract Jewish people from reading Shema every morning and every night, just when it's the time to say Krishna, this Plishti was there provoking them. He stood for 40 days and Rabbi Yechanan says that this corresponds to the 40 days that the Torah was given. Or because Torah was delayed, Rashi says, Torah was delayed, and that's why he had the strength to stand, because the Torah was delayed, and maybe that's the delay by the Chaita Ego, I'm not certain. Then we have still about Goliath, the uh, Tanakh says, the Sefer Shmuel, Vayetzei Ish Habeinayim Mimachanois Plishtim, the Ish Habeinayim. What is the meaning of the word Beinayim? What's Beinayim? So Rav says, He had no blemishes. He's very fixed and clean and strong. No, a beautiful, amazingly good-looking, strong-looking. Shmuel says, He's the average of the brothers. Because Goliath has three brothers. We've mentioned this last week. Goliath has three brothers that are also giants. Last week, we learned about Goliath, about David striking Yishbi Benoiv, but Goliath has three brothers, Yishbi Benoiv, and Saf, and Ishmodin, and he's the average of them. The way Rabbi Shema says that he's made like a building, Rabbi Yochanan says, the son bar meyo papi v'chod nani. The son of 100 papi and one nani. What's a papi? What's a nani? So Teisvus brings Peter Sha'orach. The Orach is, is a dictionary written about, he, the Oroch is written by Reb Nosan Bar Yechiel, who was 10 years Rashi senior. Rashi was born in 1040, and the Oroch was born, Reb Nosan Bar Yechiel was born in 1030. So the Oroch translates the word Nani, Kelev, a dog. What do I mean he's the son of a dog? So the Oroch tells a medrash that the night, Goliath's mother was Arpa, who had been married to the, Rus and Orpa married Machlin and Kilyoin. Rus and Orpa both were heading towards Giyor. In the end, Rus goes through with the Giyor and Orpa backs out. And the night that Orpa left Naomi, she went to 100, she had relations with 100 men and one dog. Shebo Aleha, they came upon her, had relations with Orpa. Meya Anoshim, 100 men, 
v'kelev echad and one dog. V'chein mefurish b'vayikra rabo. This is found in the Medrash v'vayikra rabo in the Agod of Shmuel. That Omer Reb Yitzchak oisoy hangaylo shepirsha orpa mechamoisa on the night that Orpa said goodbye to her mother-in-law, nisarvu bagayis shomeyo b'nei Adam. 100 people got mixed in with her. Now it says is And what is That he's coming from a hundred foreskins of Plishtim because his mother had relations with 100 Orlis. Rebtanchuma says, in addition to the 100 men that she met that night, he says, am I a dog? You're coming with sticks and the Medrash brings on this that, you know, Goliath <clears throat> is an illegitimate child. He doesn't know who his father is because his mother had relations with 100 men. But he says, what do you think? My mother had relations with 100 men and a dog. You think my father is the dog? Obviously, uh, humans don't become pregnant from dogs. He stood for 40 days. Rebrachia says, Orpa went with her mother-in-law 40 steps. She was going towards Giyur. Her son, it could have been that as soon as he started provoking the Jews, he'd be killed immediately, but he got 40 extra days in the merit of the 40 steps which his mother Orpa went towards Giyur. Still connecting Goyas to his mother Orpa. <clears throat> V.S. Arbas, Eilan, these four giants, Yuldun Harpa Begas Harofa, Harofa is another name for Orpa, she bore these four giants in Gas, the four giants fell in the hands of David and his servants. Who are the four giants? Rav Chista says, Saf, Modin, Goliath, and Yishbi Benoi. We actually mentioned last week about Modin, that Modin had six fingers. Ish Modin, he's called, had six fingers on every hand and six toes on every foot. By Yippo, and these four giants all fell in the hands of David and his servants. Back to Goliath's mother, Orpa. It says, Vatishak Orpa Lachamisa. Orpa kissed her mother in law, Naomi, goodbye. Verus Dovkaba, and Rus stayed with her. So Amar Abitzha, Kamar Akadish Baruchu, Yavayu Benehanishuka, the Yiplu Biyad Benehadivuka. So we are referring to Orpa as the Nishuka, the one who kissed Naomi goodbye, and Rus as the Divuka who cleaved her mother-in-law. So the children of Arpa will fall in the hands of the children of Rus. Because we have this war between David and his men, who many of them are descendants of Rus, against the four giants who are the children of Arpa. Dorash Rava, Rava has a drasha from a Pasuk. Bishar, a drasha by definition is something that's derived from a Pasuk in Tanakh. Before Orpa said goodbye 
she shed four tears. And because of these four tears, she merited to have four gibayrim, four strong guys, as it says, and they lifted their voice and they cried. So she merits to have four children who are gibayrim, uh, powerful giants, because of the four tears that she shed. How do we know four tears? So Rashi says, because it says, and then it says, and they cried twice. They cried twice. And then Rashi goes on to tell us that they cried and tears came out of both eyes. So the first time they cried, two tears came out of two eyes. And then they cried again, again, tears from two eyes. Back to Goliath, it says, the arrow of the spear. It says, eight so piece of wood. So Rabbi Lazar says, <clears throat> We have not even discussed half of the immense power of this wicked guy, Goliath. From here, we learn that you shouldn't spend too much time saying good things about Jewish people, about Rishoyim, about wicked people. So the Gemara asks, why do we bother at all telling you about Goliath's amazing strength? So we say the reason for that is it tells us the praise of David that we should know that David won a war against Goliath, who was an amazing giant. Now a medrash to Michael, him. Sorry, yes? Rabbi, could I just interrupt? I read in Hamodia on Shabbos, <coughs> excuse me, they were writing about uh, Goliath and David, that Shimshon was the father of Goliath. I read I mean, it in Hamadiyya as well. I don't see the Marimokim for it. I think it right. was brought, they brought it from a Hassam Sefer. Uh, Mina right. showed it to me, but I didn't see a reference. If you get a right. reference for it, I'm interested in researching it. I heard it the yeah. first time ever. Yes, this, uh, me too. <laughs> Thank you. No comment. Yeah. Now, there is a Pasuk in Tehillim, Samach Beis. We also say this Pasuk in Slichas. Hashem chosed, Hashem is kindness. Hashem pays each person according to his deed. And Reb Nechemia says, what's kemaseyu? Sometimes a person plans to do an Aveira, he doesn't do it. Hashem does not record it until he does it. But if he plans to do a mitzvah, he doesn't do it. Hashem gives him credit as if he did it. And we learn this from David, who was mitztired. David wanted to build the base Hamikdash, as it says, Remember how much David afflicted himself towards building the base Hamikdash. David made oaths to Hashem. I won't enter my tent until I prepare all this for the base Hamikdash. David says, in my affliction, in my poverty, I was preparing for the base Hamikdash. We have another Pasuk that when David was sitting, sitting in his house and Hashem gave him peace from all his enemies, he starts thinking, I'm living in this beautiful palace and the Arain is in a Mishkan amongst curtains. And he comes to Nasan Anavi, he wants to build the base Hamikdash and Nasan tells him, if Hashem didn't want this idea, then you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have entered your mind. And first Nasan was very positive to it. And then Hashem tells Nasan that night and he says, 
go quick to David and tell him that he can't build the base Amikdosh. And uh, he tells him, if you go through over there, not, Hashem tells him, go quick at night. Nothing wants to go the next morning. And Hashem tells him, you got to go tonight because David is a person. He can make all sorts of vows. I won't go home. I won't eat until I build the base Amikdosh. Still, he's able to make contracts with workers. So you got to rush on it. Now, there is one passage that says, Will you build a base Amikdosh? Or it could be read, you will. The other Pasuk says, you won't build a base Amikdosh. How do these two Pasukim fit together? You will or you won't? You won't build it, but Shleimai will build it. Shleimai will build the base Amikdosh, but it will be called your base Amikdosh. As we say every morning in our davening, Tehillim Lamed, Mizmar Shir Chanukas Abayis David. It's called David's base Amikdosh. Why can't David build it? However, because you shed lots of blood, it cannot be built through you, but it'll still be called on your name because you are suffering pain for your inability to build the base Amikdash. When David heard these words, he gets afraid. He says, so I've been disqualified for building the base Amikdash because of the people I killed. David, he was trying to protect the Jewish people. So he brings over here to Behuda, but he says, Hashem tells him, don't be afraid. All the blood that you shed is like a deer and a ayo, which is another similar to a deer. There, as it says, and therefore, you're not punished for any of the blood you shed. It was all to help Jewish people. So David asks, if I'm not punished and all the blood I shed was to help the Jews, if so, in Cain, so why can't I build it? You're excluding me because I shed blood, but then you say the blood I shed was good. So he, they tell him, it's revealed, I know that you are going to sin, and I'm going to get angry at the Jewish people, and I'm going to put my anger at the base of Mikdash, and the Yidin will be saved. If you build it, then we won't be able to destroy it. It'll never get destroyed. And if the base of Mikdash doesn't get destroyed, then the Jewish people will suffer instead. This fits with a famous uh, Gemara about Tehillim Ayin Tes Mizmoy Laosof Elikim Bo Goyim Benacham Osechay How the Goyim came and attacked the Beis Hamikdash and why is Osof singing? So the Gemara brings that Osof is singing because Shafach Hamosay Al Ho'etzim Ve'Ho'Avonim Hashem let His temper out His anger on the trees and the stones and not on the Beis Hamikdash. So here also it's better for the Yidden that David doesn't build the base Hamikdash, so we'll be able to destroy it. So it's much better, Hashem says, it's much better for you that you don't build the base Hamikdash. And then I'm able to put my anger in the base Hamikdash and the Jews will be saved. Uh, but because you, even though you're not going to build it because you plan to build it, it'll be called on your name, as it says, Mizmer Shir. Chanukas habayis ledavid. It doesn't say Chanukas habayis leshleimai. It says Chanukas habayis ledavid. And from here we learn that if somebody planned to do a mitzvah and didn't do it, Hashem gives him credit as if he did it. Okay. Now another area of David Amelech, which is David's uh, staying up at night to study Torah to say Tehillim, Gemara in Brachas, Daf Gimel Lamed Beis, and Abzrika says the name of Abami, the name of Yishuv and Levi. One pasuk says. Chatzois laila akum lahedes lochal mishpatetzet kefa. 
I get up at midnight to praise you for your just laws. Another Pasuk says, Kidmo I am up Ashmurais, which are two guards. There are three or four Ashmurais in the night. And David is awake Ashmurais early. How does this work? So he says, Arba Mishmuris, The night has four Mishmuris. Each Ashmurais is three hours. And David gets up two, three hours before, which is six hours before at midnight. So the Gemara asks, does David David gets up at half midnight? It's the night before he gets up before midnight. As it says, already in the Neshef in the evening, I already davening. So David gets up before midnight. And how do you know Neshef is Urta? Neshef is night. It says, Neshef you see, David, what, one Pasuk implies David gets up at midnight, and one implies he gets up before midnight. So the Baishi, Omar Abacha says, David says, I never was asleep at midnight. David, sometimes he got up at midnight, sometimes he got up earlier, but the absolute latest wake up time for David was midnight. And Abzeda brings that until Chatzais, he was misnamnim kesus. He was misnamnim dremeling. He was like asleep, awake, on and off, asleep, on and off. The Rashi says, Isaac b'toyrek shu misnamnim. He would be occupied in toyr as he's uh, sleeping on and off. Kasus hazeh sheinin near them la'elam. A horse never has a very deep sleep. Ela misnamnim b'neir tamen. He's always awake and asleep, awake and asleep. So David, the first half of night, he would have these small naps. Small cat naps. After midnight, he would strengthen like a lion to stay awake. And Avashi learns that until midnight, the first half of the night, David would be involved in words of Taita. From here and onward, he would be involved in Shiris Vitishbakis. Now we're still discussing about David's schedule. Neshef is night. Neshef elsewhere is morning. You have a Pasuk by Yakim David Me'an Neshef Ado'edet. David struck this other nation. He was fighting from Neshef till the evening. And doesn't it mean from night till, from morning to night? So he says, no, it means the night before till night. Okay, in the end, the Gemara says that Rava brings us two Neshefs. Neshef could be uh, when, it's, when it's switching the two, from day to night or from night to day. And therefore, Neshef can have either meaning. Then the Gemara asks, did David know exactly when midnight is? If Meish Rabbeinu does not know, David HaMelech says, I always daven at the moment of midnight. If Meish Rabbeinu doesn't know, as Meish Rabbeinu says by Makas Bechiris, approximately at midnight, I'm coming out to do the Makas Bechiris. What does it mean? Does it mean that Hashem said Kachatzais? Hashem didn't say kachatzais. Hashem knows the moment of midnight. Mi'ika sveika kamishmaya. Is there a doubt by Hashem? Hashem can do something exactly at midnight. El adam ki hashta. Hashem said bachatzais. And David says, and Meisha says kachatzais. So you see that Meisha doesn't want to identify the moment of midnight. So how's David going to know better than Moshe? So the Gemara answers, David had a special simon, 
a special sign to know the moment of midnight. Rav Achavar Bizna brings the name of Shimon Chasida. David had a special musical instrument, a special harp over his bed. And at the moment of midnight, a northern wind would come and blow it. And they, they would start right away playing music. And then David knew it was wake up time. He would get up and study Torah until uh, dawn. Came dawn in the Amud HaShachar, dawn, the Chachme Yisrael, the sages of Israel, came to David and they say, you didn't need parnosa. They need to earn money for a livelihood. So he says, why can't you make parnosa from each other, buy and sell to each other? And they say, the kaimitz is not enough for a lion. The bird, you can't fill a pit from the chulia, from the earth that came out. It's not sufficient. So David says, So then go and attack whichever. David had many attacks in nations around Israel. However, to plan this attack, they would ask advice from Achitofel, which Achitofel was David's very close advisor. He was also his mechutan. Achitofel was one of the most brilliant people around, which unfortunately later David had a, an incident that Achitofel broke with him and supported Afshalim. But at this point, Achitofel was a big supporter of David, and he was the person whose advice you would get. And they would ask Achitofel to say, which way they should go and how they should set up their attack, their military. And they would they would get permission from the Sanhedrin. They would get permission. They should daven for them. They would also ask advice from the Udim Betumim. So before any war, they would get advice from Achitofel, military advice. They'd get permission from the Sanhedrin. They would go to the Udim Betumim. And Rav Yosef brings a Pasuk. That Achrei Achitofel has been a Yahu ben Yoyada, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, and then Av Yosar Koyengadu, Sartzvang Amelach Yoyo. Achitofel Zeyoyetz, he was the advisor. As it says, Vasas Achitofel, Asher Yoyetz, by Yomim Ohim, the advice of Achitofel was Akasher Yishar Ish Bidvar Ho'elikim. You would ask advice of the Yorim Betumim, Achitofel's advice would always match the Yorim Betumim. He had amazing, godly, supernatural advice at all times. Then they asked from the Sanhedrin, who was the head of David Sanhedrin? Binoyahu ben Yehoyada ze Sanhedrin. Just to mention, Binoyahu ben Yehoyada is a very special person. He later, after David's death, took over by Shlomo. He was the head of the Sanhedrin. He helped Shlomo with the building of the Beis Hamikdash. He is the one who brought. Ashmedai to Shlomai to help build the base Hamikdash. Just to mention about Benoyahu Ben Yoyada, because it actually says there's an amazing Gemara in Brachis about Benoyahu. There is an amazing Gemara in Brachis about Benoyahu Ben Yoyada, which the Gemara says that he wrote a Sefer in one day. The Gemara says, He's a person that even when he's dead, he's called alive. He did a lot for Taita, and there was no one of his caliber, not in the first base Amikdash, not in the second base Amikdash. He would break ice to go to the Mikveh. He's also the one who helped build the base Amikdash by capturing the shade Ashmedai. One more amazing Medrash about the Noyahu Ben Yehoyada, it's from Medrash Shaykh Hatayv, Kapitan Lamites. That's Medrash Tilim. 
Persian king was once very sick and the doctor said that he needs the milk of a lioness. So he went to Shlomo and Shlomo says, call Benayahu ben Yehoyada. He went with the servants of Shlomo to the lion's den. There was a female lion who was nursing her kid. He went close and he threw a, a deer and he threw another deer. Every time he threw a deer, he got closer and closer till he was able to play with her. He took from the milk and brought it to Shlomo. So that's an amazing. So we see that Ben Yoyad is an amazing person as a tzaddik, as a Talmud Chacham, as a general, as a person who's resourceful. So Ben Yoyad was the head of the Sanhedrin. They would ask if Yasser the Urim the Tumim, because in the early days of David until the war of Avshalim, Ev Yasser was the Kayin Godel. It was in the war of Avshalim that Ev Yasser was not able to get answers from the Urim the Tumim and Sadiq took over. That's when Shishael of Yasser, of Yasser then was not able to get answers from the Urim the because he was a descendant of Ainli and Tzadik did succeed. And that's mentioned in Sayyidat Ailam. And that's when Ev Yasser lost the position of the Kayin Godel. And so we have Benayob and Yoyoda la Kresi va la Plesi. Why is the Urim why is it called Kresi or Plesi? The Gemara brings Shekhoirsim Devreim. The Urim Betumim gives very clear guidance. They say it's this is the way it is. And Plesi Shemufloim Bedevreim. They're amazing in their words. And then you have Sartzva la Melech Yoyov. And then they went to the general Yoyov for the detail of the tactics, tactics of war. So every war first went to Achitoifel as general planning, Benayoh for the Sanhedrin, Evyasar for the Yodim Betumim, and then Yoyah for the practical tactics of war. Now, what is the Pasuk for going back to David's always awake at midnight? The Pasuk is, Ura Kevaydi, awaken my honor, Ura Haneva Vachinat, awaken the heart, or Ira Shachar, I wake up the morning, as he says. And Ashi says that all other kings, the morning wakes them up. I wake up the morning. So now, we, so we're discussing how David knows when the moment of midnight, he knows it because of his heart that with special signal would always wake up at midnight. And Abzaida says, Maisha also knew when midnight is, and David also knew when midnight is. So if David knows, why does he need the harp to wake him up? Maisha knows, why does he say, Maisha knows when midnight is. Maybe Paris astrologers will make a mistake and they'll say Maisha's a liar. He said the firstborns are going to get killed at midnight. And it was three minutes earlier, three minutes later, because the astrologers will have bad clocks. As we have a famous Gemara, it's one of my favorites. I tell this to my students all the time. Teach your tongue to say, I don't know. If you don't say, I don't know, you'll end up telling a liar, being caught as a and you'll be caught as a liar. And Rashi says, even if David and Moshe have perfect times, still the astrologers won't know, and they will say that Moshe is a liar, so it's always better to be non-committed and I don't know. Okay. Um, Rav Ashi says that it was the night between the 13th and 14th, and it was the moment of midnight, and Moshe says, just like now is midnight, 
between the 13 and 14, next tomorrow night, midnight, is going to be the I'll be going in Mitzrayim. Now, another Pasuk on David HaMelech, it says, David, David has a tefillah, a prayer, he says to Hashem, Shomro nafshi ki chosidoni. Guard my soul because I'm a chosid. So he brings Levi and Rabbi Yitzchak. One says, David says, Tashem, master of the world, am I not a chosid that all the kings of East and West sleep till three hours in a day? And I'm always up at midnight to praise you. And another opinion he brings, David says, am I not a chosid that all the kings of East and West are sitting in their glory, getting glory? And my hands are dirtied with blood because I'm paskening shaymas of Dine Nida, if it's Tomei, if it's Tar, and also a Shvir and Shilya, which is a fetus pregnancy to know if a woman is tight or not. And furthermore, David says, every single halacha question I have, I always consult with Mephibosheth's Rabbi. Now, Mephibosheth was a son of Shaul, who was a great Talmud Chacham. And I would always consult with him, and I would always ask him, Mephibosheth's Rabbi, my teacher, Mephibosheth, Yafa Danti, did I judge well? Yafa Chiyafti, was I right when I said Chayet? Yafa Zikisi, when I was I right when I said that X wins the case? Yafa Tiharti, was I right when I said it's Tar? Yafa Timesi, I was never embarrassed. David was never embarrassed to acknowledge that Mephibosheth Ben Shol, his colleague, was more knowledgeable. And Rabbi Yeshua B'nai Dravidi says the Pasuk on this is Now he says his real name is not Ish Mephibosheth, it's Ishbosheth. Why is he called Mephibosheth? Because he would embarrass David in Halakha, because he would often correct David. And from the discussions coming out, Rashi says sometimes David was embarrassed because sometimes he would make a mistake and Mephibosheth would point out his mistake. And therefore, David merited that David had a son. His second son was Kilov, also known as Doniel, who was the greatest Talmud Chacham, greater than his teacher, Mephibosheth. Rabbi Yechanan says his name isn't Kilov, his name is Doniel. Why is he called Kilov? He would embarrass Mephibosheth and Allah. He knew even more than Mephibosheth. And Rashi brings, because David held himself so low, that's why he merited the son Kilov. And concerning him, Shlomo, he says in his wisdom, Im gam oni, that David rejoices over his son's wisdom. Uh, now, the Gemara asks over here, does David call himself a chassid? We have a posseh, but I wasn't sure if I would see the good of Hashem. And the learning the name of Rabbi Yossi, why do you have dots on the word Lule? Because David wasn't sure if he would see Tov Hashem or not. David says, I know that you give great reward for Tzadikim and Elam Haba, but I'm not sure if I'm going to have a share with them. Maybe I'll have a sin. So, so the Gemara says that David is not sure because he's concerned about the future. Maybe in the future he'll have a sin. Okay. Now, another Gemara on David, he brings over here, Zutra Bartuvi would teach Tanakh before Rabbi Yehuda. 
he came to a Pasuk, an interesting Pasuk. It says, These are the words of David, the last words of David. This is a Pasuk in Shmuel Beis and David's prophecies. So the Gemara asks, Did David have earlier prophecies? It's only one parak in Tanakh that we find David saying as prophecies. What is it? David said this Shira the day he was saved from all his enemies and from the hand of Shaul. Last week we learned that after David had the war with Yishbi Benayv, his servant said they don't want him to go out to war anymore. So now David knows he's not going to die at war and he has a special Shira that he sings. And he sings over the victory over all his enemies and of all his enemies, the number one enemy was Shaul, who had given him a lot of trouble. So the Gemara there brings, Hashem says to David, you saying shit over the downfall of Shaul, you're rejoicing over Shaul's downfall. If you were born in Shaul's mazel, and he was born in your mazel, how many Dovids would have been destroyed for him? Meaning Shaul has a lot of great points over you. How could you rejoice? over Shaul's downfall. And suddenly David realizes he did a great sin by rejoicing that he Shaul's downfall. And that's why we have to heal in Zion, she go yoin le David, the mistake that David made, asher Shaul Hashem al divrei kush the mistake of David, David sang to Hashem over the downfall of kush ben yamini. Kush ben yamini refers to Shaul. Is his name Kush, his name is Shaul. But just like a Kushi in Ethiopian has obviously a different skin color, Shaul also, his deeds were very holy, obviously different to everybody at Sadiq Goma. Now, on this, he says, so, if, so how Hashem is complaining to David, how could you rejoice over Shaul's downfall? Exactly what does this mean? Because in the end of the day, Hashem chose David over Shaul. So he brings a marsha. If you would have been shown, if you were born in his mazel and he was born in your mazel. So marsha says this is very difficult. Rashi says this because how can you say it's mazel? Bechal ain't mazel so. So marsha explains that when Hashem helps him, you don't feel even what's going on. It says, Somebody comes to purify themselves, they help them from heaven. David worked very hard to do teshuva on all his sins. David accepted suffering. He acknowledged his sins. He always asked God for forgiveness. As it says in Tilim, as it says, hukim ol, and hukim ol, hekim ol, hekim David set up teshuva. And Hashem helped him. So every time David made a mistake, he always excelled in teshuva. By Shaul, he made a mistake. We don't find Shaul asking forgiveness. We don't find he wants to accept suffering. And that's what he means here. So Marshaw explains when we say, if you were Shaul, you know, it was in essence, David's sins were worse than Shaul's sins. The difference only is that David always did Shuvah and Shaul did not do Shuvah and Hashem didn't help him. David always accepted on himself to do Shuvah. And that's what he means that the only that you had two serious sins. He had one, but you because you did shuva, that's why you 
were able to manage it. Just to finish this with a Ben Yohayoda. The Ben Yohayoda says, he brings from the Arizal, that David had a very holy neshama. But David's neshama was an imkeya klipa, in the depth of klipa, when it came to this world. And that's why David Yitzhahara was always challenging him. And therefore, David's sin was not as serious a sin, because Hashem knows how great his Yitzhahara was, as opposed to Shaul didn't have the same level of Yitzhahara. And that is the meaning of Ilmoli Yata Shaul, David, because Hashem knows that you had a big Yitzhahara. And you have to understand this very much. He says, and according to this, we can understand the words, that after he heard the amazing qualities of Shaul, he'll now know that he has a great war with the Klippa. That's why he merited kingdom. The reason you merited kingdom, because Hashem wants a king who is fighting the Klippas. And Shaul didn't merit to this. And that's why David is called Neim's Midas Yisrael, that he married to be, merited to be anointed because of the war that he has, the Midas Yisrael, to fight Lizmidas means song, but Zmidas is Lizamir, or eats him to cut out the negative forces. And now he says, according to this, the Ben Yoyada says, we can also understand what Avigail said to David that. David is always fighting Mohammed Hashem, and bad was not found in him, meaning because David is fighting for his nefesh, he has these great challenges, and that's why bad is not found, that Hashem does not consider it a great sin, because Hashem knows the great challenges that David has. Um, here we have just a, about Shaul being called Kushi, because he's pure from sin. We have the same about Sipaira, and the same about Evet Melech HaKushi, and the same about the Bnei Yisrael in general, that the word Kushi, which is an Ethiopian, is used for someone pure from sin. Okay, I think that we're going to leave at this. Uh, we'll probably still do one more week on David HaMelech. I'm not sure if it'll be next week or a future week. I will advertise it. Um, if anybody has any questions, comments, I'd love to hear from people.